are listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with Melissa K. Norris, where we inspire your faith and pioneer roots and talk about all things modern homesteading, preparedness, self-sufficiency, and just good old-fashioned traditional skills and living. Today we are going to be going over four ways to store and purify water at home. Now, if you've ever been without running water for a week, you know there is nothing better than a glorious, long, hot shower when all has been restored. In the heat of summer, when you're out working in the garden and you're sweaty and dusty and dirt cakes your throat, a cold glass of pure water is like a beautiful rain at the end of a three-month drought, which we just went through. So that's my, why <laughs> keeps coming back to that. So Water. We need it to live, we need it to grow our crops, and to enjoy life. Some of my favorite memories are playing along the banks of the, our creek, and that's how we say creek round here, as a child. Like a lot of things in life, we take water for granted. We assume that when we turn on the faucet, that water is going to come out. If we go to the store, it's going to be stocked with water. And recently here in the Pacific Northwest, we assume that rain will fall from the sky on a fairly regular basis. But like I just mentioned, we went through a three-month drought and learned that that's not always the case. Water is truly a precious commodity and one that needs to be taken into consideration in our preparedness plan. On our homestead, we have our own well. I don't have to worry about officials treating my water with fluoride or other chemicals, and there are no big commercial farms around that use sprays that might contaminate it. But... When the power goes out, so does my well. And that's what happens to most people who have their own well. They're run on electricity for the most part, unless you've got yours hooked up to solar. And we all know that the power usually goes out when we're not expecting it. Or if there's a big storm in the forecast, you'll have a short time to prepare before it hits. So if we know a big windstorm's moving in or, you know, an ice storm or something that normally would take our power out, then I'll go ahead and fill the bathtubs with some water um, fill up, you know, so we can flush toilets and that kind of thing. And then I'll fill up, you know, extra pitchers and glasses and that kind of a thing. But really a lot of the time our power has went out without any foreknowing, uh, weather coming in or circumstances like that. So a lot of times it's unexpected. And a lot of these instances, the local stores will run out of bottled water fairly quickly. And if a big storm's moving in, we actually just had a big windstorm that came through here, which is very unusual in August. Our weather has been quite unusual this year. <laughs> and it came through a big, huge windstorm. There was, um, oh my goodness, I can't even remember, over 55,000 people, I believe, without power. We actually at our house were lucky and our power was on. But where I work, the power was out. Um, I think some people are still out. They were, you know, it was kind of like four or five days they were without power. And it was kind of an unexpected storm that moved through. We normally don't have storms that move through here with that much severity this time of year. So four ways to store and purify water at home. So the first thing you need is how much water do we need? So recommendations is that you need at least one gallon of drinking water per day per person in your house. Now, if you have pets and livestock, that's going to go up. And you're going to need more for personal hygiene and cooking. But that's just a general, very, very minimum amount is a gallon of water per person per day. So the sources for water storage, of course, um, are keeping some bottled water on hand for emergencies. And I think this is always a good idea. In fact, it's one of the eight items that I recommend you keep in your car, which was the first part of our preparedness 
um, challenge here that we're doing this month. You can purchase a six pack of water bottles at most dollar stores or even the half gallons for a dollar. Costco, if you're a membership or have a Costco near you, they carry, I believe it's a 40 pack of water bottles for under five bucks for the case. So having some water stored on hand is a good idea. But most of us only have so much storage space. And this is where storing a ton of water really becomes an issue. Water's heavy. We personally, I don't have a garage. And my food pantry that I have, we don't have a large house either. (laughs) Um, It's bigger than some, uh, smaller than a lot. So my food pantry is already pretty full with all of our food storage uh, and my home canned goods. So like any item that you store, this is true with water as well as food, you need to practice rotation so that your stock doesn't go bad. So I do recommend storing some water, but I don't store a huge stockpile. I truly believe that it's better to invest my time and my money into ways to replenish my stock or the need for something. So of course you can store water, which is purchased water. You can definitely do that. Uh, Use a natural water source. So we have a river that's less than a mile from our house. In the winter, we usually have some snowfall. In fact, the longest that we went without power at one time was almost two weeks, and it was in the middle of the winter time. And it was when we had a few feet of snow on the ground. So we melted down snow. We had our wood stove going. It's our primary source of heat and cooking when the power is out. So we melted down snow to flush the toilets because our, we have our own septic system, and so as long as you have water to move through the toilets, then that still works. Yay. Um, otherwise, you're going outside. <laughs> so we melted down the snow to flush toilets, and then we used it to boil it for cooking if I needed to cook something and that kind of a thing. Um, but as we all know, snow is not really very clean, so it's definitely something that you want to boil. We use the snow mainly just to for hygiene-type items. Now, another natural source that you might have is to create rain barrels. So you can create a rain barrel to collect the rain in. And if you live in an area with a decent amount of rainfall, this is something you probably want to look into. This actually, weirdly enough, used to be illegal in Washington state, but they changed the law. um, I believe it was a year ago. It hasn't been that long, but anyways, they changed the law recently and now it is legal. So you can collect rain and have rain barrels in Washington state now. But wherever you live, check your area for any restrictions on that. Um, I'm not aware of certain areas that I know off the top of my head that that is illegal, but like I said, really weird because in the Pacific Northwest, normally we have a lot of rain. It was actually illegal here for a while. It was on the books. So just double check that, um, before you go that route. And there's also units available to make your electric well a manual one in the event of a long-term power outage, but I haven't personally used one yet. I've looked at a few different ones, but we haven't invested in one yet. So That is something that if you are on your own well, um, I hope to look into that in greater depth here in the very, very near future. And I will let you know um, kind of what we think and how, if we try any of them, that kind of thing. And then another water source that you might not think of, but could give you gallons of water is a pool or a hot tub. So a lot of people, especially in the summertime, will kind of have the portable pools up. That's a lot of gallons of water. If you have a hot tub, depending on the size, even small ones, that's a lot of water. Though in this current state, if the water's in the pool or hot tub, obviously it's not safe for drinking yet. There's ways around that. So those are just some areas that you can definitely think of, of natural water sources where you can get water. So we definitely want to highlight those. And then the most important thing is once you have water, as we know, just because you have the water does not mean that it is safe for drinking. 
so there's four ways, four main ways, and there's some different areas underneath that to purify your water at home. So the first way that most people are most common with or think of is boiling water. And the common recommendation is to boil water for one minute to kill any bacteria that's in there to make it safe for drinking. Now, this does not remove contaminants or chemicals from the water, only bacteria. So if your water source has like an algae bloom or has had some kind of chemical spill in it, like recently happened in Colorado on the Colorado River, that whole mess, then this boiling method won't work. Um, it's not going to get rid of that stuff in your water. So this only works for water that just has back, maybe, you know, waterborne bacteria in it. So it doesn't get rid of everything, but it is definitely a plus up. And then you can also, instead of just um, boiling your water, you can also pasteurize your water. And we have a solar oven, and there is a way that, and basically kind of it's the same thing. You're, you're heating it to a certain point, a certain temperature, and keeping it there for so long, and then that pasteurizes it, just like you know, pasteurize milk and that kind of a thing. Same principle with the water. So if you have a solar oven, there's a little... Um, ours kit, um, which, oh, and I have to say we received our solar oven, um, free in exchange for our honest review. But one of the things that we do besides cooking in it is you can also pasteurize water in it, which is really cool because it gets hot enough in there that it'll boil water. Obviously you can, you can cook in it, use it dehydrate or whatnot, but you can also pasteurize water. So if you're on a burn ban and your power's out, if you can't build a fire, you might not have a way to boil water. But if you have a solar oven and it's sunny out, so this has worked really well for us this summer because we've had a complete burn ban on where you can't do anything outside, um, then I could I was still able to cook outside just using the solar oven. And so it has this little little stick that you just put in one of your jars of water and put those in the solar oven. And when that stick gets hot enough, then it drops down to the bottom of the jar instead of staying on the surface. And then you know that your water has reached the point of pasteurization. So kind of cool. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. This is episode number 62, and you can always find all of the links and full transcripts of the show at melissaknorris.com. Just click on the podcast button, which is on the top um, menu navigation on the homepage, and then I have all of the episodes listed by name and number, so you can just click on it and see all the cool stuff. So the second way to purify water at home is to add purification means to the water, such as like a water purification tablet or bleach. So you need to use liquid chlorine bleach and the charts, it's add five drops. So you're going to need like a little eyedropper to a quart of water, 10 drops to a half gallon or a quarter teaspoon to a gallon of water. And when you're using the bleaching method, you have to let it sit for a specified amount of time pretty sure it's 60 minutes, so at least an hour before drinking so that it has time to work its way through and kill everything. Um, I do have linked in the show notes to a chart that has further instructions, and you can check that out. It's actually um, the Washington State Emergency Guidelines for Water, and it's got some really good info in it, so you can grab that there as well. But one thing to remember with the bleach method is Bleach has expiration dates on it. So look at the bottom of your bottle. And then the other thing is, and I think it starts to lose, I want to say once it's opened, it's like six months. Because once it, you open it and it's exposed to air, then the po it loses some of its potency. So you'll, you'll want to check that um, out as well. So the third way that we have 
to purify water at home is to filter your water. So some people use a whole house filter system and filters do require being replaced every so often once the filter is full or it's, you know, filtered out so much. Now, we don't have a whole household purification system on our house. Um, Our well water has been tested and is fine and it's totally safe. But we do personally use and have a life straw filter for our emergency kits. And when we go out on day trips or we're, you know, hiking, camping up in the backcountry, that kind of a thing. So the life straws are small. They come in both just um, a straw form. So you just drink directly from the water source and they have a filter inside of them. And it's good for over 200 gallons. I think it's 265 gallons of water is how long each one lasts. And then they also have one where it has the straw inside of a water bottle. So if you're out hoofing it, you know, you're hiking from, say, one lake to the next or whatever, then you can just fill it up, your water bottle up, and then you're still drinking through the straw. So they're fairly inexpensive as far as filters go, and they're really lightweight. And so we have three, I think I have three or four, and we keep them in our vehicles and then um, have one at home too. So that's part of our preparedness um, plan. And they just come in and in handy in multiple situations. So the fourth way to purify your water at home and the most efficient and long-term water purification method is distilling. So distilling removes chemicals, impurities, bacteria, and pollution from your water. In fact, and I just learned this, and I think this is so cool, is the distillation method makes even pool, hot tub, you guys, and get this. I think this is so cool. Like, check this out. Makes ocean water safe for drinking. Now, we live about an hour away from the ocean, so I don't have salt water right here on our homestead, but I just thought that was phenomenal. I mean, to be able to take pool water, hot tub water, or even ocean water and make it into pure drinking water is pretty phenomenal. Not to mention the fact that it will remove chemicals and pollutants and stuff that a lot of the other systems aren't able to do as efficiently or effectively. So I have a really cool thing where I have a link to a free video series and you also get as a bonus, it's a free, it's from FEMA and Red Cross Guide for Food and Water in an Emergency. So it's a bonus gift that you get, plus you get to watch the three video series. And so there's a link to go check that out. Um, it's from Glenn Meters, a friend of mine. We did a webinar. You might have attended that um, a few months back, actually. And so he goes into all kinds of things in the videos um, on safe water, water storage, using water, purifying water, and that kind of thing in emergencies and disasters. And he just has a wealth of knowledge, way more than me on that level. And so I have a link in there to his free video series. So you can check that out even further. And then also, I have from Daisy Luther is an author and friend of mine, and she's the author of the Prepper's Water Survival Guide, Harvest, Treat, and Store Your Most Vital Resource. And so I asked her for a little bit of advice and some things like that as far as water storage goes. And so this is from her. So I'm going to read you what um, she has to say. And she says, How long could you sustain your family with the water that you have on hand or could procure on your own property? Many people worry about the unstable electrical grid and the effects that this would have on life as we know it. However, what will cause death and illness even faster is a threat to the water supply. An epic disaster doesn't have to be a dramatic end-of-the-world scenario. It can be as simple as contaminants spilling into the municipal water supply. 
which has happened without warning over a half a dozen times in the U.S. in the past couple of years. So West Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, twice in Utah. I remember seeing that one. And then most recently, that big EPA spill in Colorado on the Colorado River. So if you don't want to be at the tender mercies of FEMA and the government for your survival, get prepared. The simplest way to build an emergency water supply is twofold. Purchase enough filled five-gallon jugs of purified water from the store to provide your family with a gallon per day per person. A full month's supply of drinking water for a family of four is approximately $150, give or take a little, depending on the prices in your area. At the same time, fill empty containers with tap water that can be safely used for pets, for flushing, and for cleaning and hygiene purposes. This is a small investment to make for your family's security and well-being in the event of an emergency. There is nothing you can store that is more valuable than water or the means to purify water. There is no greater preparedness measure that you can take than that of securing a safe, abundant source of water. Without this one vital element that makes up 50 to 70% of your body, we know you can only survive three days without water. How long could your family survive if the water stopped flowing or none was available at the store? If your answer is not indefinitely, then you can check out Daisy's Bulk, the Prepper's Water Survival Guide, Harvest, Treat, and Store Your Most Vital Resource. I have a link to that in the show notes as well. So I hope that this doesn't um, just gives you some food for thought, you know, kind of makes you look at what you have, assess your situation, how you had things at your place. If you've got some water storage, ways that you can increase or improve that. But then I also, we're ending um, all of this with a verse because like I said, I don't want anybody to read this and start to panic or to have fear. This is just to help you become prepared. So we're speaking of water. And so I wanted to read this verse and it's from John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me. As the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So with all this talk about regular water and how important it is, truthfully, it's much more and just as important, more important, because honestly, we are all going to perish and pass away someday. That is just a fact and natural cycle of life. And so what comes after our life is really more important, but it's not something that we tend to give as much thought of to as our everyday life. And so while I am an advocate of being prepared and self-sufficiency, I think it's truly most important to make sure that your faith life is in shape. And so I just, I love that scripture, streams of living water will flow from within him, meaning if you believe in Jesus and have a relationship with him and rely on him. So as important as water is, I want you to consider the living water as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm really excited for our 30-day preparedness challenge. If you haven't signed up for that, you can. it is for the month of September um, 2015 that we're doing that. So every day you will get an email sent to you with a link to an article and tips walking us through 30 days uh, to get prepared. So you can grab that and sign up for that in the show notes. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye.